And this journey is going to take you through about 20 years, which we just started. I'm going to take you through some of the highs and lows. And it was about 2012 where our mold journey started. But in the midst of time from 1998 to 2012, other things happened that really have helped to make us who we are. You are listening to the Manage Mold Podcast. This podcast was made for families on a health journey that need the real, no-holds-barred answers on how to create and ensure a healthy home. This show should be your launching pad to give you the information, guidance, and inspiration and clarity you need on your journey back to a healthy home. My name is Dean Malstead. You can find and follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to Manage Mold. Welcome to the Manage Mold Podcast. In this episode one, you are going to go on a journey with me to see a young family become involved in the restoration and cleaning industry. And about halfway between then and now, run into a huge set of hurdles dealing with mold issues, Lyme disease, and issues with their home. And so this is going to be a span of time that covers about 20 years. I want you to know in this podcast that we aim to guide and to help people who are going through the things, about to go through the things, or are stuck in the things that our family was uh, and had to go through. And our aim in all of this is to elevate and to not devastate. Uh, We are not a sky is falling family in spite of all that we went through. We are a family that is filled with hope and we have a strong faith foundation that also helped carry us through. Uh, But in the end, it was a number of us encouraging one another in our journey, as well as finding those key people uh, to surround ourselves with and to get connected with along the way that really helped get us through all the muck and the mire of what we went through. So this story starts, obviously, when my wife and I were born, but we're going to skip a bunch of those early years in this podcast, and we are going to start in 1997. In 1997, we had the opportunity, uh, we were working, and we had the opportunity to partner up with friends of ours from college into the cleaning industry. And so we embarked on that endeavor after about a month of planning together, and he and I went looking for business. And if you know anything about the upper Midwest, we have something that's called the Mall of America. And he and I went through and we, we went store to store. We skipped the anchor stores and we skipped the restaurants, and it took us three and one half days to visit every store manager, store owner in that large complex, and we were looking for janitorial business, carpet cleaning, or floor care. Well, we got some accounts, we got some work, and that was fantastic, it was fun. Uh, He and I were about 70 miles apart, geographic distance, and that was a little bit of a bridge to span, but within about a month of working together, it became abundantly clear when my new partner said, hey, my goal is within three years, we should be a $4 billion company. Uh, That was approximately the size of another leading cleaning company, cleaning restoration company 
in the nation that also provides worldwide service. Uh, four million in three years, I think, would have been something to aim for. But four billion, and he was serious, was something that was just a little bit too much for me to understand uh, to even become a reality. And so we actually parted ways. Started our own business called Master Clean, and within a few days found an excellent, excellent distributor uh, to take care of supplying our needs. And in that, my sales rep uh, at the time, his name is Scott Haig, he became a big brother to me. I didn't grow up with any brothers, and Scott was really the first guy who came alongside me And not only did he become a big brother to me, but he has been a lifelong mentor. And it was that connection that actually put us into a trajectory to buy a company that was already 15 years old. And this company, uh, which shirt I wear the logo of, is uh, called Procure Services. It was 15 years old. It actually started in the little town that we live in now. And... uh, I had nothing to lose. I was walking the sidewalks looking for business. And uh, with that, you have no fear because you need to put food on the table and you need to pay bills. And so with that, when this new mentor told me of these people who were probably getting ready to sell their 15-year-old business, a business of doing things that we wanted to do, uh, obviously I got on the phone right away and gave them a call. By the next day, we had an agreement on a napkin, and I think by the following day, I was actually working with them. Uh, I would volunteer my time and learn what they knew and learn about their customers, and the owner of ProCare at that time, John, he would buy me lunch, and that was our trade-off. In the meantime, Lorna and I, Lorna and my wife, we'd kind of got some things going, and so we were keeping that business uh, on track while I was helping and getting acclimated at the ProCare business. That was supposed to be a nine-month transition, but about six months into it, uh, it became very clear that John needed to uh, exit early because there were some things that he wanted to get to. He had some opportunities, and so we moved that time frame up, and in October of 1998, my wife Lorna and I and two of our young sons became the owners of ProCare Services. Uh, It was a pretty amazing time, and immediately we were busy because immediately we had all of this work that they had built up for 15 years, and the learning curve was huge. So that was the beginning of this journey into what we're ultimately going to talk about is the world of mold. And so, again, this journey is going to take you through about 20 years, which we just started. I'm going to take you through some of the highs and lows. And it was about 2012 where our mold journey started. But in the midst of time from 1998 to 2012, other things happened that really have helped to make us who we are. And so let's start out. So 1998, we take over ProCare. Uh, The business is in amazing uh, condition The previous owners had built a really good book of business, had great clients, had a great client following, and great systems in place, and we took those over, and all we had to do was uh, make them ours, make them better, and make it grow. And so that's what we started doing in 1998, and we had a lot of fun doing it. By the year 2000, our third son 
is born and the business is growing. 2002, we add a fourth son, business is still growing, and we have our first kind of major life's hurdle that we hadn't planned on. After the birth of that fourth son, we realized uh, through some medical help that Lorna, my wife, had a tumor. And that kind of knocked us on our tailbones for a little bit. We weren't expecting it. We were pretty young. We'd only been married for, uh, we got married in 1992, so we'd only been married for 10 years and seemed like we were too young to deal with something like this. That's a story for a different day. All things turned out really well. It's actually kind of an amazing story and the things that happened in and after that. So 2002, we kind of get through. Lorna's doing awesome. Our four boys are growing and they're awesome. And then we get to 2003 in June. And by this point, we had picked up a couple of buildings uh, that we had decided to occupy with our business because of growth. And I was working on one with my brother-in-law on a Friday. And I happened to be in a configuration of scaffolding and ladder out in front uh, on U.S. Highway 12. And as I was finishing up the last little bit, uh, the entire thing collapsed from underneath me. And I came down 15 feet on pavement in a very hard way and broke some bones and hit my head pretty good. Uh, and so I was rushed off to the hospital. Uh, my wife had been called or contacted by others who had been driving by and were telling her very bleak news and including news that I probably wasn't alive. Thankfully, my brother-in-law, her brother was working with us and he was with me and there was very quick action by emergency personnel. And, uh, I went through some, some weeks and months of some recovery and then all was well again. And so that was a big hurdle again for us. Again, not expected, quite sudden. And then we move on to 2003 or 2005. And by 2005, uh, we have our first girl is born. So now we have a girl and four boys. And in October of that year, uh, the little building that I had been working on in 2003 actually caught on fire on a Friday morning. And it devastated everything inside the building. 95% of our business assets were ruined. And uh, the insurance outlook was quite uncertain because there was a lack of timely response from our insurance carrier at the time to help us out. Thankfully, uh, my big brother, uh, my mentor from our distributor that we were working with at the time, which actually is uh, should be known, it's Hilliard out of St. Joe, Missouri. They're a family-owned company. They're quite large now, but they are very family-oriented. And there was just a transition that was taking place where my mentor had become the general manager of the store that was nearby us, and I had gotten a new sales rep. And I called my big brother, my mentor, and told him what had happened. This was about uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, my new sales rep was actually an hour and a half away working some accounts that morning. And literally within an hour and a half, he was standing next to me in our parking lot. And by noon of that day, he had a list put together. They gave me one of their cargo vans filled with equipment, filled with supplies, so we could keep jobs going that we already had scheduled. That was an amazing time. It, it, it was one of those things that uh, 
you couldn't make up in a story you you couldn't make anyone do for you but that group of people to this very day is like another and an extended family to our family um not only because of that one incident just because of overall their consistent quality care that they've given to us um as one of their clients so that was 2005 uh, eventually we put the building back together once we got insurance things sorted out and it actually became really beautiful um, as a result of some help that we had and, and some good volunteers that came in and did some really amazing things. 2006 to 2011, uh, we take this growing family and we add two more boys. So now we have six boys and one girl by the time we get to 2011 and the business had been growing this entire time and we'd picked up some really good employees and then we had a great uh, office manager at the time uh, she's like an older sister to me and so things were really going well uh, this was kind of the American dream in a sense um, a, a little bit uh, overboard in that sometimes you can work too much and you you miss some family time things like that but overall, kind of according to the way the, the plan of the American dream goes, uh, we were in the midst of it and we were growing and things were moving forward in a way that we kind of wanted them to go. And during that time, 2009, we're a homeschool family. Uh, 2009, we brought a couple of violins home and uh, our oldest four, five actually, the four boys and the girl, uh, started taking violin lessons. The girl at that time, she was three. And so ultimately that turned into bluegrass music and they still play today uh, together, all of our kids. And that is a huge amount of fun uh, to be part of that. 2011, our second daughter is born. And here's where the first big mountain really starts coming into our life. Uh, she was born with some health challenges. And we had just, if you've been keeping count, we had just added six boys and one girl to our family and all were well. And this daughter was amazing, beautiful, but she had some health challenges, especially some respiratory issues. And during the time uh, between the, the day she was born and about five weeks old, uh, she kind of progressively got worse and we ended up bringing her into the hospital. And it was at that time or before that time that my wife was kind of warning of some things about what her gut was telling her that there might be something in our house. There might be something affecting us or her specifically in our house. So what happened was um, we got her out of the hospital and she and my wife went and lived with my parents for a little bit. And there was a bunch of us that did a bunch of extra cleaning in our own home, thinking that there must be some sort of a dust or debris issue. Uh, I hadn't done a lot of research yet on indoor air quality. I'd done nothing really on mold other than what I knew we were doing remediation-wise at that time in 2011. And so this was kind of a shock to me, but uh, when Mama Bear says go, and Mama Bear says this is something that's going to help, and you got a baby there uh, who needs it, you obviously, you proceed. So we did some things. They came back. Literally within 20 minutes, uh, my wife said, nope, something here is still not correct because she was watching the response of the baby, and they left again. 
she said, you need to figure out something more. So we did some more. We did some more cleaning. We had some ductwork cleaned. Uh, I think that's when we put a UV light into the ductwork. That was kind of early on the UV light days. And that was, that was kind of the start of the warning signs of something going on in our home. They ended up coming back home and the baby actually did okay. And so everything seemed to level out. Uh, we went back into working with the business. The kids were growing. They were doing their music. We're doing our school. Everything seems to be okay again. Uh, until 2012. 2012, we get into a very dangerous part of the mountain that we'd bumped into in 2011. Uh, this was kind of like a press release moment for us. 2012 was about the whole mold damage issue in a house and Lyme disease, co-infections, and then the fact that mold and Lyme can actually kind of go in tandem, at least in the upper Midwest they do. It's pretty common. Well, in July of 2012, my wife went in for a dental visit. Great dentist, great family, great people at this dentist office doing a routine cleaning uh, in an exam. And somewhere along the way, some of you may understand this. If some of you don't, uh, we'll probably cover some of this in future podcasts. Um, or you can get in contact with us you know, if you need to ahead of time. But uh, at any rate, uh, apparently a pocket of bacteria around her jaw got disturbed or broken loose. And six hours later, by 6 p.m. that evening, uh, Lorna was telling me I needed to take her to an emergency room. Obviously, I'm a man, and it's one of those moments where you start trying to problem solve, and there was no room for problem solving at this point. Uh, she was demanding that we need to go to an emergency room. And my friends, that was the start of one of the biggest mountain climbs we've ever done as a family. Uh, it was the start of one of the hardest three-and-a-half-year periods that I never planned to, wanted to, or expected to go through. And you're seeing me here today. You might get to see at some point in the future, uh, my kids, my wife, and everybody is doing amazing. And this is very important at this point for those of you who are listening and those of you who are in moments or points of despair is that we believe as a family for everything that we've gone through is that there is hope. There are solutions available. Uh, there are very few points where a home or a building is not repairable. There are very few points we believe if you find the right kind of medical assistance that your health can't improve. The problem that all of us had then and we still have today is the remediation industry is still acting in its infancy and is failing to, to bring itself up in its standards of care uh, voluntarily, I will say, company by company. It seems like we're waiting to get to a spot because somebody's going to bring us there instead of bringing ourselves to the spot. And then on the medical side, uh, we have a lot of people who are practicing medicine. And some of them are better at practicing than others, and there's very few of them that are in that position that we see in our area anyway. So anyway, so this is a transition point, a major transition point, because now we've got all these kids. We've got eight kids. We've got a business that in 2012, this was our biggest year we'd ever have had in our business. 
uh, in sales and in responsibility and what was going on. At the time, we were doing janitorial services. We were doing carpet cleaning and floor care. Uh, we got into specialty coatings, industrial coatings. And then what dwarfed all of those things was our water damage and fire damage restoration business that also included mold remediation. So this was our, this was our world. Well, in 2012, uh, this was also the discovery point for our first mold issues in our home. Uh, in all, we found five different areas in our home that we had issues with water intrusion and think about this as we go forward with these podcasts when i talk about water or water intrusion i'm talking about liquid water and i'm talking about vapor water most of our clients and most people that i talk to uh can only visualize or only kind of recall from experiences the liquid water and i will tell you most mold problems that we find are the result of the vapor water so We'll come back to that in future podcasts, and uh, I look forward to bringing you some information guidance there. So Lorna, she went down fast, and she went down hard. We have a three-ring binder that must be four inches thick with every test known to man on that lady, and my wife is a strong, stable, consistent, loving, and very intelligent person. Um, she was accused several times. Uh, as maybe some of you are or have been, she was accused several times of being crazy, of being depressed, of not being able to sort out her emotions or control her anxiety. And she was offered countless opportunities for medication by what we would call Western medicine or modern medicine uh, practitioners. And it became very clear to us that there was something real going on with her. We didn't know what it was at first, um, but it became also crystal clear that our Western medicine, modern medicine folks didn't have a clue as to how to assess, diagnose, or help us in this situation. Remember our story back in 2002 and 2003, my wife had a tumor. I had a Humpty Dumpty type fall and I'm telling you, Western medicine absolutely did some amazing things. And we had some amazing doctors that we love um, and are so thankful for and helping us out. But in this case, this mystery was not solvable uh, by them. So we ended up going into some of the naturopathic and herbal remedy realms. And there was about four or five naturopaths that we ran into along the way. Each of them, what I tell people constantly is they got us giant baby steps forward. But of the five, uh, none of them really could get us down a path to really understand what was going on and then how to treat what was going on. In fact, we had one practitioner who is in a different state who, who started bringing us through a certain type of protocol, which is known nationwide. We'll get into that in a different uh, podcast. And that protocol did not work at all uh, for Lauren. In fact, made her more sick, which actually we find commonly with other clients that we deal with now. So anyway, we got to a point uh, in, this in this story, our journey, that we discover this first mold issue. And I am starting to be awoken to the fact that underneath 
my nose during my watch, I had issues going on in my own home that was actually making, uh, number one, my wife ill, but then we were discovering that the rest of us had some pretty uh, interesting symptoms and obvious symptoms that were problematic also. So in 2013, I got connected with the Restoration Industry Association, specifically with Michael Pinto of Wondermakers Environmental um, out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And Michael, still to this day, to me, he is the world's chief trainer of mold remediation professionals. There are two main bodies that train. There are several others that are kind of up and coming and trying, but two main bodies that have been around for a long time. Restoration Industry Association is over 70 years old now. It's the oldest trade association in our industry. And they have a master's level training program for certified restorers, for water loss specialists, and for mold remediation uh, people. And I had done a bunch of IICRC, Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, uh, Restoration Certification, but their standards of care were kind of what we'd been following. And again, under my watch, I failed my family to take care of my own home. So in 2013, I get connected with the RIA, become a member for the first time. Um, I'd been kind of a cowboy Lone Ranger type up to this point, got to meet Michael Pinto, started going through the classes. During this time, my symptoms are on the increase. My stress level's on the increase. We had just spent a ton of time and a ton of money chasing around for the last year trying to figure out how to fix my wife and trying to figure out what our issues were. Well, during that time, when you, you only have so many hours in a day, and you only have so much energy in a day. And so it's hard to multiply either of those things out. And so man, running and managing, owning a business, and then owning some real estate that that business occupies uh, took a second seat to taking care of my wife and my family at that point. Well, any of you who own a business or manage business segments know and understand that when that happens, your focus, when it changes from growth in your business, your business starts to stagnate and then starts to decline. With that, your income declines. That's just the natural way of things. So not only were we being uh, heavily taxed, so to speak, in our health realm, but also now in our financial realm in 2013. And the pressure had built so much and, and we'd gotten to such a size that I looked at our janitorial division, our office cleaning division, and we had some of the coolest customers you could ever have. Um, we had the best buildings, you know, in 25 miles from where our office is. We had the coolest people to work with. Um, I love the companies that we worked with at that point and the book of business that we had built up. But it was one of those things where when I woke up in the morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, I, I had to be already going in the business easily. And when four or five o'clock hit and the first segment of the business day ended, the second segment kicked in and went till about midnight. And uh, we had to manage that. And I just got to a point where we were nowhere near a clearing in the woods in our health issues or our home. And I could see what I needed to do for training. And I looked and we had an opportunity to sell that business segment to an employee and her husband. 
and we ended up working that out. And that was a huge blessing for us and for them. And that was uh, 2013, so that was six years ago. They took over our janitorial business, which the janitorial business had become as large as what the entire business was when we bought it in 1998. So they took over a really good segment that it really needed its own mom and dad. It needed somebody to concentrate on it and take care of it and grow it. And they've been doing that now for six years. <clears throat> so during that time, uh, that huge weight, and there was about 23 employees that went with that segment. And so obviously that freed up a bunch of my time and it freed up a bunch of my mind. Got into the RIA training and went into the certified mold professional segments of training, which is um, three-tiered training. There's the mold technician, the mold supervisor, and the mold professional. And all of these require some amount of time invested, especially the third level of this. And during this period of time, we're now beginning to really understand the gravity of the disease portion of what we're living with which is the mold and Lyme and co-infections of Lyme disease. And then in off days, uh, we were going and we were starting to take apart little pieces of the house looking for things uh, in our own home. It was the same year while Lorna was sick that our ninth child, our third daughter, uh, was in the womb and there was some amazing things that happened medically with use of antibiotics to protect her from the Lyme disease portion uh, that Lorna was suffering through. And she was actually born without that signature. And so uh, that was a huge blessing for us and a huge blessing that, you know, mom and baby both made it through that process. So I'm studying. We're taking our house apart a little bit. Uh, and as I'm studying, I'm learning things. And so we start changing practices in our business immediately as I'm learning them, including we go away from using paper masks and rubber gasketed masks and full face masks that we used on some of our jobs, which we should have been using on more of them. And we went to powered air purifying respirators, which give us much better air and they help us work much more efficiently and without as much stress and strain on our hearts and our respiratory so there were some things we were bringing back to the business um, that were a benefit. So we hit this gigantic mountain, and, and it really set us back um, in so many ways. It challenged us. It challenged our faith. It challenged our attitudes. Um, it challenged our energy levels uh, on the emotional level as well as the physical level. And it just kept beating us back. Um, but amazingly... Uh, I think probably the support just within our own family, as well as people that we knew were close to, and then some really good medical pros in the natural realm, uh, there was a lot of perseverance that was built up within us too, and we kept moving on. So Sarah's born in 2013. We're, we're trying to figure out how to stabilize Lorna's situation. We get into 2014, and by January of 2014, I'm going down. My health is going down because we're getting Lorna stabilized, and it seemed like it was about two years of adrenaline that I was working on, and it had run out. And I was sleeping 14, 16 hours a day. Uh, and there's a whole bunch about Lorna's story that would probably shock many of you as to how far down she went and what she was dealing with. Um, and then some really amazing things that happened in that process, too. But here I was, 2014. I'm in the middle of studying, 
the Certified Mold Professional Program, and this is master's level work in our industry. And in the beginning of 14, I had to write a professional paper that would be uh, worthy of publishing to our industry and could be published to our industry to tell them something new, uh, something new, different, cutting edge that was going on. And my paper was literally dealing with uh, what do you do with a family that owns a restoration remediation business that gets sick from what they're doing and gets very sick? And, and how do you, how do you put those two things together or do they need to be separated? And so that's what I wrote my paper about. I did not have clarity of thought. My cognitive ability at this point seemed like it was not there. And I really struggled to stick with the program. And at one point I actually wanted to bow out. And Michael Pinto strongly encouraged me and twisted my arm over the phone to hang in there and just to keep writing what I could. And then he would edit, or not edit, he, he would proof what I wrote to make sure that it made sense. Um, and then I would make the edits to that. And we actually went through the process. I fulfilled the requirements of the course. I became the 40th person in the world who had gone through these three segments of this training. And in April of that year, I was awarded the Certified Mold Professional designation from the oldest trade organization in the industry. And there are some amazing people, and Michael Pinto is one of those people in our family's life, that it, had it not been for him, we would not be here today and I'm telling you, in the future, you would not get the guidance that you're getting if it wasn't for a person like him. And so we are so thankful for that. Um, so we get that certification and we start getting our health uh, under control. And by this point, we had moved out of our house. We, we understood enough about the health and about the interaction with our home. And we saw enough pieces in our home that were wrong. We ended up finding five total and we, we chose to move out. We ended up moving out for three and a half years, okay? So what we did was we bought a brand new camper uh, that would sleep 10, and we actually parked it on our driveway at first. And then we brought it to another place for the balance of about three years and four months, and we lived there, and we used our house as a laboratory. So I kept taking apart more parts of our house as I understood more, and I kept asking what else could be failing here? What else could fail in the future? And how can we put this house back together better? Well, that's all fine and dandy, but when you don't have money to continue the project, that obviously gets put on the back burner then. And then we needed to finish out all of the protocols to get us better. So 2015, 2016, I actually started doing inspections and consulting at that time while we were running the restoration business and doing some coatings work. And during that time, uh, all of us found the treatment protocols we needed at a place called Rafa Health and Wellness in Rogers, Minnesota. And it was not a cookie cutter approach. Everyone had their own treatment protocol. Each of us took a different length of time to get better. And my time was about seven and a half months from beginning of treatment to where we got cleared out. And it was not, it wasn't impossible to do it was difficult to get myself regimented to keep up with the treatment, but it worked. And so during that time, up and through 16, uh, we all got better. So there are 11 of us in our family. And Sarah, the youngest, 
she didn't need nearly any kind of work that the other 10 of us did because of the mold exposure and because of the Lyme disease issues, but we got better and that was super awesome. So after that point, we joined a national coaching program and I was doing more inspections. I wrote a chapter in um, the Dare to Be a Difference Maker, Volume 7. Uh, that's Michelle Prince. Uh, she she publishes that book and had gone to one of her workshops and was one of her chapter uh, authors in that book and told about our story there also. And it was also in 2017 that my mentor, Michael Pinto, I saw him at our trade show in the spring and he said, hey, Dean, that thing you were looking for in 2014, which what I was looking for in 2014 was something that I could hold in my hand and then I could walk through a house and say, oh, this is what's in the air and this is how much there is. Well, in 2014, there was a thought that it didn't exist, although it did. And by 2017 spring, he said, hey, go find that. So I went on the internet and I started looking, found a gentleman in Hawaii who seemed to have what we were looking for, talked to him and eventually got connected to the Instascope folks at Detection Tech in Colorado. And for the next 10 months, Matt Coghill, the president of Detection Tech, was so kind and so generous with his time to have several phone conversations and email conversations with me because I am a skeptic of skeptic. And during our time of looking for all the assistance we were looking for, I met and found so many snake oil sales type manufacturers and people out there ripping people off that I wanted to make sure this was not another one of those things. And it's not an inexpensive instrument. In fact, it's sitting right here with me uh, as I do the podcast. And it is one of the best tools we've ever bought. And it's one of the last tools I'd ever let you take away from me uh, for the information that it gives us. So by 2018 spring, after 10 months of qualifying this instrument, uh, we decided to purchase it and we use it as a tool in our mold indoor air quality inspections every day now. And it's been an amazing purchase. This Instascope gives us answers to questions that we don't even know we should be asking. And that's the incredible part. In real time, it tells me data about what's in the air, and there's nothing else like it in the world. And so there's some cool things we've learned over the last 18 months since we bought it, uh, things that have dwarfed anything I've learned even before this uh, because of the data that it's giving us. So that brings us really current to today. So if we go back and we look at our story, we're just a common young family, growing family, uh, growing a business and in the industry that actually is qualified to take care of people's homes and really positively affect their health by the way we clean and take care of buildings. And underneath my watch, uh, these things happened and our home was part of making us all sick and including and especially my wife and the journey that she had to go on, you know, we got to this gigantic mountain and it seemed insurpassable and it seemed impossible. And at that time, it seemed like information about mold and about indoor air quality and health was changing about every five years. Now it seems like it's changing about every two weeks. 
Uh, at that time when we were sick in 2012, if there were functional medicine doctors that existed who were playing in this area or practicing in this area of health, we never found them. And I'm telling you, we have more emergency room visits, clinic visits, and hospital visits in more different facilities than probably most people do. Because every time we were told something like my wife was crazy, I just went onto the map and I picked a different facility and we went and visited with a different group of people, brought our file with. And so with that, we persevered through it and we moved forward and we kept knocking down doors until we found people that could help and get us steps forward. Um, with that, there was a lot of down and there was a lot of uh, moments of uncertainty. There were a lot of very difficult moments. There were difficult health moments. There were some moments where we thought we were going to lose Lorna. There were a couple moments where we thought we were going to lose the second daughter. Um, there were moments where we thought we were going to lose property or finances or the business. And all of those are very bleak and dark moments. And yet, through all kinds of circumstances and factors that we're going to share with you moving forward, uh, we found ways to get around, to get through, get over, and come out on the side with lots of hope and lots of excitement that life doesn't have to be a type of prison where you don't know the answers. So for all of you who want to participate in the podcast and want to kind of hang out with us, we've got well over 150 episodes on paper that we want to deal with and provide guidance and quality information for everyone. Uh, I know the internet's a big place and I'm on it all the time. I see social media groups. I see the sky is falling people. I see the people who think that everything is coming to an end that you need to burn down homes, you need to throw away all of your stuff, and I'm telling you, it's not true. Um, we've been through this ourselves. We threw away all of our stuff. We know now that we didn't have to, um, but we chose to at the time because that seemed to be the prevailing thought. Um, we also know that on the other side are the people who think that everyone else is a hypochondriac, everyone else is making up a story to get attention uh, that they have mental problems and that's their issue and that there is no such thing as a mold problem. And those people are, are wrong. And so in the middle of those two groups, there's a lot of truth and there's a lot of guidance available. And so I wanted to share our story with you, and this is my version of it. There's a possibility that uh, Lorna and maybe some of our family members will give their versions of it and you'll get a little bit fuller picture. But I wanted to give you our story today, take you on this journey to let you know we're the average family and we, we were set to do what normally families do in this country, um, go to work, build a family, have a great life, pay off debt, uh, do fun things and, and kind of, well, be a good neighbor and at the same time, mind your own business. Um, you know, but all that gets turned on its head when things happen that you have no control over. And then when you find out the things that you had control over, turn you on your head. And uh, we've got some awesome opportunity to share some great guidance and great information with you here. 
and we're looking forward to doing that. Besides that, we have a whole list of people, experts in various fields, everything from the building science field, indoor air quality field, uh, and even the medical field that we're going to bring in, we're going to interview, and we're going to have them share some key nuggets with all of you so that you find places where you can gain hope, that you can gain information, and that you can gain guidance so that you can make good, positive, planned steps forward um, without being taken advantage of. And so we are so excited to start this whole process with this podcast. Uh, We're planning some other things also. We're looking at summits. We're looking at live events and webinars. And we'll tell you more about those as we get to those points. And we are looking to build bridges between medical professionals, restoration professionals, and then people who are homeowners who aren't in this industry. And we want everyone to become more connected so that we're sharing information, so that we're benefiting each other, and so we all have a much clearer direction going forward. So that's our story. Uh, I hope that speaks to you. And, and I hope that you see and you can feel some of the gravity of what we went through, but that in my voice, and for those of you who would have an opportunity to see this, that you would see hope uh, and that you would come back and you would see what we've got to offer you. Uh, we're a very rare family in going through what we went through, being in the industry that we're in, having the training that we have, and then using the equipment that we do. And so you have a very unique experience um, to learn and to grow along with us. And then with the colleagues that we have in the industry that are super cool, cutting edge people, they all are going to be involved in this too. And we're all in this together. So thanks so much for taking the time today and uh, going through this. And I look forward to coming back and visiting with you again. Thanks so much for listening to the Manage Mold podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want related to your home's health. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut. This is Dean Malstead. Join us next time on Manage Mold.